Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, where we discuss meaningful business topics to add value to your efforts. Titus Bartolotta is a certified business coach that's often hired for one-on-one coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, here's your host, Titus Bartolotta. All right, welcome to the program. You are right here on Solutions from the Huddle with me, Titus Bartolotta, but I don't do this alone. I'm sitting with the wonderful, the most amazing co-host that I've ever met in my whole life. Chris Allison was with me, brother. How are you? That was a quick introduction. Usually it's I get, quick. you know, I get about a minute from you before yeah. I even have to talk. No, I, Good to hear from you, man. Good yeah. to see you this morning. How's the family? Every, everything is great. What's just, up? Just back from a trip from Oklahoma City to see my mom. How was that? It was great. Fantastic. Yeah. So Was it hotter or colder um, than the 4 billion degrees it is here in the Queen City? Warmer and windier. Ooh. Yeah, and well, rainier. So Well, the windy go. part's better. Yeah, not from the south. No. Not, not a south wind at 40 miles per hour. All right. That's not good. We're going outside of the depth of what I know about. I don't know enough about that stuff. Um, Here's the deal. For those of you that have never tuned into the show, this is a business and life topics program. Yes, we air on ESPN. And sometimes people go, why aren't you talking about football and basketball uh, for 30 minutes? And the reason is because there's so many entrepreneurs. The business community in Charlotte is just thriving. It's growing. But there's a lot of business folks that really are, are hungry and thirsty for advice with leadership, perseverance, dedication, commitment, all the things they need to be successful so they can hire more folks, they can provide for their clients, their families. And so we wanted to create a show that did just that. We bring wonderful guests on every week. We have probably the greatest guest in the history of the show. (laughs) I've only said that how many times? 63 times, but this is the time I mean it. Uh, Before we jump right into it, we start every program the same way, and that's in prayer. Lord, we give you thanks for all things, and we ask that you would bless this show, our sponsors, our guests, every person involved. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. I have the Al Wallace, former uh, American football player, a defensive end. He was originally signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars as an undrafted free agent in 1997. You guys probably know him best as our very own Carolina Panther. Uh, He played football at Maryland, of course. This guy is so steeped in the Carolina history because he made a really cool Super Bowl run with the the Cardiac Cats, I think is what they were called that season. Uh, My God, I've learned so much about this guy off the air. I've gotten to know him personally. This is a treat. Al Wallace is on the show. How are you, friend? I'm doing well. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Uh, People probably that, that aren't hanging out with you regularly, they just think, this amazing football player, super talented, Carolina Panther, played with all these wonderful players. And I don't know if they know the, the story before or the story after. So I don't know how we're going to jam in all of it in 30 minutes. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about where you came from and, and what was the spark in your life before football? And then how did it become football? Well, I mean, it all started down in West Palm Beach, Palm Beach County, Delray Beach, Florida. I grew up, born and raised down there to... Uh, to a couple teenage parents and in a city that was pretty rough and yeah. um, entangled in you know all the things that came with the 80s the drugs and the violence uh, so I was born into that and uh, found sports as an escape did not like football did not want to play <laughs> really um, wow. my mom actually uh, had to shift around her schedule um, she caught me skipping out on practice after she would drop me off because mm. uh, I didn't want any parts of it. I was a baseball kid. I wanted to play basketball. Um, so she changed her schedule so she can sit there and watch me at practice to wow. make sure that um, I had that discipline. I was able to get that energy out as a rambunctious young kid. And it paid off. And, uh, you know, just remember 
at some point during that journey, nine, 10 years old, saying, hey, I can be pretty good at this. I'm going to buy you a house one day. We're going to wow. go to a Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, you were just talking about that, the cardiac cats and that Super Bowl team being able to look up in the stands. Uh, we lost that game, but seeing my mom there uh, was one of the best memories I've had in the NFL. I, mean, I remember being nine, like thinking about, I wonder how tall I can make this Lego tower, right? Okay, so you were like, I'm going to the Super Bowl, and I was like trying to make the tower of Legos bigger. So different, different um, mindset at nine years old. What do you think inspired the mindset of a nine-year-old kid in a community that was tough, uh, w- with, with a mom that had to change everything to sit there? Um, what do you think sparked the, the mindset that goes, I'm going to be not just good, I'm going to be great at this, so great, I'll buy you a darn house. Like, where's that come from? Uh, you know, it's internal. I think everybody's different, but it was that struggle. Um, it was the, that lady. It was my mom, a 15-year-old who, you know, got pregnant and had a kid. And uh, watching her struggle uh, with substance abuse and yeah. the situation we were in at – nine or 10 years old, I decided that I can do something. I can make a difference. I could, uh, I didn't know it at that time, but I can break the cycle and get my entire family out of that situation. And that motivated me. And really uh, a fear of failure. I just saw a t-shirt or a meme or something that, you know, I'm, I'm scary. And I'm the Mm. same way. I, I talk to kids all the time. Everybody wants to know how do you, where's the drive come from? It's fear of failure. And I've taken that with me. I'm 45 now since I was eight or nine years old. I did not want to fail, did not want to disappoint my mom. And I wanted to make a difference. I did not want to uh, have one of the jobs that the guys I saw, you know, in my city working. I did not want to do that. It was hot. It was a lot of outside work, a lot of physical work. I wanted to be able to do something and make a difference and get my mom out of that situation. So that was the genesis uh, and the motivation for me, kind of pushing myself through an up-and-down NFL career. Yeah. Uh, before we advance on, I just found it interesting that out of out of the other sports that you had interest in, your mom said, I'm going to shift my schedule to watch you play football. Was there something about football in – in relation to you said basketball and, and and baseball, where she said, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make sure he does this football thing," because she could have changed the schedule and sat through those practices. But I'm just curious if that did she see something? That- I don't know if she saw something at the time. I, I think I was always a pretty strong kid, pretty athletic kid. Um, but it was the one sport that I pretty much quit, you know, a couple practices mm. and decided to quit. So more than that particular sport, I think it was the idea in her mind uh, as a young black man that I would quit on anything, wow. that I would not see it through. Um, and that's something that she instilled on me to not quit, to not give up. You may not be the best. She did not care if I was the star player. I wasn't at that time. I was a scrawny kid. It's hard to believe sitting here <laughs> yeah. 6'5", 275, yeah. you know, that um, I was one of the smaller kids and I did not have a taste for the game at that time. I think when I started walking off is when we finally got the helmets and shoulder pads wow. and it was a little physical for me. So it was the quitting part of it, the walking away, the giving up that she did not accept. And uh, that lesson was learned pretty quickly. Uh, and it's something I teach my kids. They can try a million things, you know, from instruments to sports to art, uh, a lot of different things we, we support them in, but they are not allowed to start something and stop. You can see it through the season and decide on something else, but you may not quit in the middle of something you've committed to. Yeah, that's brilliant. I, I've got this little thing I do with my kids. I've got a six-year-old and a four-year-old, and you know, I think that we we set this weird tone where we say the nasty 
rude, negative things to ourselves. Like, I mean, we just do that. That's the internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. And so for the last five years, I, I try to say this thing, have my kids repeat. I'm smart. I'm strong. I'm able. I'm capable. I love God. I'm wonderfully made. All this stuff. And one of the, and we always finish the same way. Uh, I'll, 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 I'm a winner because I never quit. You know, almost this mentality of if you just adopt the mindset of not quitting, it's impossible to lose because you're not stopping. Like you only lose when you go, all right, I quit. And so it was so cool that your mom planted that seed that turned yeah. into this tree that barely fits in his polo right now <laughs> sure, with his arms all big. And he's talking about being scrawny. Um, all right. So fast forward. So so now you're you. I think it's a kind of a big deal, right, to be an undrafted free agent. Tell me a little bit about that. The Jacksonville Jaguars sign you. Your dreams come true, but you didn't get drafted. So, I mean, that, that in and of itself could have been, well, then I'll fine. I guess I'm not good enough. I'll stop. But it, that wasn't the case. Yeah, so my journey uh, from Florida in high school, I was a, a wide receiver, a 6'2", 180-pound wide receiver when I got recruited by the University of Maryland in 1992. Mm. Uh, I got up there and quickly realized that I was not going to be able to compare to the other guys <laughs> that they recruited. Played with a guy, came in in 92. Uh, with a Super Bowl champion, uh, Jermaine Lewis, who was a wow. kick returner for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. um, and he ran a 4-2-7. I ran a 4-5. <laughs> uh, so I knew something was going to change. And pretty quickly I started to grow. I understood the chemistry and um, how to eat and how to train my body and started to pick up weight. Uh, fast forward to December when I go home, I get red shirted. I go home. I'm already six five and two hundred and forty five pounds from the hundred and eighty pound kid that wow. left Delray Beach, Florida. So <laughs> a significant difference. That red shirt year really paid off. And um, again, got in the weight room, understood my body, learned a lot about how to eat, when to eat, what to eat, and it changed me. I mean, I'm obviously who I am now yeah. because I understand that dynamic. So it it, it was just uh, you know a big transition for me and uh you know a difficult one at times because you watch your other friends continue to play on while you're red shirted in college you know it, it becomes difficult but um yeah just just a huge point in my life and again another opportunity for me not to give up on myself um being undrafted that doesn't feel good either so I'm a 250 pound undersized defensive end that leads to the not being drafted but again you get in there you get that opportunity you make the most of it I was down there with Tom Coughlin he told me that on day one I stuck with it and to kind of gain his favor uh, was huge for me because he saw the drive and the fight maybe not the talent but again that thing that my mom planted in me at eight years old nine years old that I will not quit I am going to outwork everybody and I think that carried me through a 10-year NFL career man I I'm inspired by all of that but I mean one of the things that kind of jumps out is that you, you had the wherewithal to say, you know, I, I'm going to know the chemistry, the biology of my body. And I know that these are the things I have to do because if I don't do these things, I don't get to this level. And if I don't get to this level, I don't have a shot. You know, I mean, imagine if you didn't add that weight and the muscles didn't come and the strength and the conditioning and the stamina don't develop. Um, you go from being a person that says I'll never quit, but you're also a person that never makes it to the NFL, right? If, if you don't add those things. Right that never quit without the tools, the never quit without some talent doesn't make a person get to the NFL. Like it, it, it required those things too. Yeah, it requires those things, but there's also a fuse in all those situations. So my mom sitting there and kind of forcing me to play yeah. lights that fuse. When I get to college, the thing that lights the fuse is a 6'6", 325-pound 
all-American left tackle that I had to go against when I was 200 pounds playing outside linebacker. So that fuse lit me pretty quickly as he pounded me during training camp <laughs> over and over yeah. and over. How do I change this? How do I stop being on the wrong end of uh, the hammer and the nail situation? And uh, yeah. it was the weight room. And I found a friend in there, and it was open for me. And uh, Dwight Galt, who's up at Penn State now and trained Saquon Barkley and just is a great, wow. great, trainer uh athletic trainer there uh fitness guy just showed me the way so those things were really the fuse that ignited something in me and and once i lock on i lock on and um you know that may be a flaw in some things but for me it's work it's really work to be able to have that internal conversation to to push myself beyond even where i thought i could go would you say that perseverance and tenacity are at the top of the list of attributes that cause winning to take place has to be uh it has to be i mean people are motivated by a lot of different things but for me it's it's really that voice in my head it's that conscience it's that that drive something in my gut you know just doesn't want to allow you to fail and you're going to get knocked down and you know i have kids and they grew up in a completely different situation financially and otherwise than i did uh but you, you have to help them understand uh, getting knocked down and scraping the knee and things not going your way is, is life. It's part of life. But what are you going to do? That's character, and it builds character, and you need those situations. And I try to put my kids and uh, the people that work for me, you try to put them in those situations, not where they fail, but where there's some adversity so they can become callous to the things that um, are obstacles and they can overcome them. So it's it's part of growth and it's part of learning. It never comes when it's easy. Uh, it feels good when it's easy. But that struggle for me is something that I'm drawn to, something that I feed off of. It's almost like you're talking about creating a stronger immune system for your character. You have to. It's it's every you know you do that all the time. I mean, you get shots, you get uh, regular physicals yeah. and checkups, and yeah. I think you need that when you go into boardrooms and you go to meetings and you have uh, staff meetings. You need to continue to uh, challenge folks, and you need to continue to set goals for yourself. Um, not business, football. Uh, in my marriage, we we do it. It's just, it's maintenance, and you have yeah. to continue to do that. Uh, I learned that from a physical perspective. Uh, obviously through football and then transitioning away from the game and into business uh, and into corporate America, you, you learn that it's very vital to the success of whatever program you're on. Yeah, I told a client recently, they, they kept saying, you know, I've got to figure out how to make the things that I don't like to do uh, more like things that I do like to do. Because the things I don't like to do, I know I have to do so I can be successful. And so, for instance, you know, let's say somebody doesn't like working out. Uh, they go buy they go buy workout clothes that that looks good, and then they they buy headphones so they can listen to music while they work out. And they they like do all these things so that the things that they don't like to do are are more more tolerable, right? Mm -hmm. And I finally told him, I said, listen, um, all that energy and effort and money that you're putting into trying to make this, all the lipstick you're putting on this pig, you just got to come to grips that you're gonna have to do things you don't like to do. Yeah. And, and instead of putting all this energy into trying to make it more enjoyable, just get over the fact that you're, you're not going to like the thing. That's okay. But then you got to muscle through it. And it sounds like there's probably moments throughout your career where instead of wrestling with how do I like this thing, you came to this grips where you just go, I'm not going to like everything, but this is the stuff I have to do to advance the, the, the house for my mom, the, the commitment I made at nine years old. I've got to do things I don't love to do sometimes in life. 
um, but I'm not going to quit and give up on it. No, you can't quit and give up. And I've found that, um, you know, taking smaller bites uh, for me, you know, everybody makes these big goals. If it's losing weight, you know, I want to lose 30 pounds. Well, that that can be overwhelming. That's <laughs> daunting. But, you know, what if it's, uh, you know, two pounds this month? You yeah. Know? And I'm always thinking long term. So you can lose 20 pounds if you want to in a month. Uh, but how about sustainable uh, progress throughout, you know, over a long haul. So, you know, it's, it's committing to something it's sticking to it and it's fighting for it, even when it's not uh, easy. And, and that's what it's about. You, it's not going to be fun all the time. You're not going to like every meal you eat, but you know, you got to eat it. You know, you got to do the right thing. It's not going to taste good, but you have to eat to live versus eating to satisfy yourself every, at every meal. Of course. I love it. Guys, don't you dare go anywhere. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're right here with Al Wallace. And on the other end, Guess what? Well, you'll have to come back to find out. We'll see you soon. Right here, Solutions from the Huddle, ESPN Charlotte. Alpha Graphics Charlotte, located in Pineville, is a marketing and print solutions company that helps businesses of all sizes. They provide services such as graphic design, printing, signage, direct mail, promotional products, and expert project execution with the ultimate goal of promoting your brand to get noticed and get business. Contact Alpha Graphics Charlotte in Pineville today and let them show you all the different types of marketing and branding solutions that they can provide. Hey, this is Titus Bartolotta from Collaborative Solutions Group. Yeah, I'm an author. I'm a busy uh, business professional. I own multiple companies. But the truth is, I'm a father, I'm a husband, and I am in my home all the time. I wanted to take just a quick minute and share with the whole world uh, that my good friend, Danny Castillo of Quality Air of the Carolinas has done some amazing things in our home. They've helped to make our air quality far more clean, healthy, and pure. I recommend everybody take a moment to reach out to their company and find out how you can improve the quality of air in your home too. Think about how much your car does for you, carrying you around, getting you to places on time, the kids do appointments, taking you for a night on the town, and even plays the radio for you while you're driving. So consider everything your car does for you. Isn't it time you did something nice for your car? Bring your car into your local Jiffy Lube for a signature service oil change with Pennzoil Motor Oil. We will check, inspect, and fill vital fluids, ensuring your car is ready for whatever you ask of it, and you won't even have to lift a finger. Get on your car's good side today with a signature service oil change at Jiffy Lube. All right, and we are back. Thank you so much to every one of those sponsors. I mean, we couldn't do the show without you. Uh, well, we could do the show, but it would just be yelling down a, a hallway and nobody would ever end up hearing it. So thank you so much to every sponsor. If you're looking to grow your exposure and you want to be a part of this brand, uh, of this show, it's easy to do that, right, Chris? Not only this show, but we're also gearing up for football season, high school, college, and NFL football season, of course. Chris at ESPN730.com is my email address, Chris at ESPN730.com, and would love to have that conversation with you to see if our audience is a fit for your marketing goals with your business. Al Wallace, former Carolina Panther, 10-year veteran in the National Football League, Al also an undrafted free agent that turned that into a 10-year career, and I know we're going to get into what's been going on since football, um, because it's pretty remarkable, you know, I People need to know what Al's been doing yeah. since football uh, yeah. because he really is helping others. And that's the, I can't wait to, to get into that story. The last thing I want to talk about on the football front is just to let you share, because when people mention Super Bowl experience, and that was the 2003 Super Bowl game in Houston against New England, just take us back. I mean, you made plays in that game. It's not like Al was just hanging out on the sidelines, right? I mean, Al made plays in that game. Um, I'm just curious, although it didn't turn out the way that you dreamed it would, um, I know that was still extremely special for you. 
It was special. Um, you, you know, I think minus the trophy and the Super Bowl ring, and I know some of the guys live here in Charlotte, walk around with those rings and the envy that I have uh, <laughs> at times. Just the journey, you know, is something that uh, I remember um, and talk about it a lot now. Uh, he, still being here in the Carolinas, that journey with that team, that group of guys was just so special. And for me, being undrafted and uh, not knowing where, where to go and where my career would end up, um, to finally make it to Houston to play in a Super Bowl with uh, the cast of characters that I was with mm-hmm. um, was an unbelievable experience, and I was not going to let that pass without giving it every single thing I have. And I can barely remember post-game uh, that night because I had spent every ticket that I possibly had in my life, my football life, mm-hmm. came to that moment. Uh, you know, it was the, the culmination of all the hard work and the tears and the being cut. Um, being looked over, all those things came together that night, and I went out there and I wanted to make sure that my teammates, uh, my parents, and um, you know, kids could have something to remember. And I'm super proud of the performance we put out there in a losing uh, campaign. Yeah, I got to tell you, um, I've had the pleasure to hear you talk about it a few times. I've also had the pleasure to talk to other folks that ha- missed an opportunity, and I've talked with champions that that won that. And what I've seen is that. Some of them didn't deal with it the way that you have. <laughs> Some of them didn't say, um, I guess the thing I say to the kids, I, I'm a winner because I don't quit. I mean, you never talk as though you're not a winner. You never communicate as though you're not a champion. You never do that. But I've listened to guys that got the a ring and still somehow don't seem like a champion and a winner in their demeanor, their character, their mindset, their verbiage. And, and there's this air about you that I don't think it really mattered what the scoreboard said. Uh, not not like it did for other folks. Your character was way stronger than the, the digital scoreboard. Yeah, because it, you know, my life boiled down to many things, but for that particular game in my career in the NFL, uh, I was the first one to have a college degree in my family. Yeah. And uh, I was really the first one to move away from Delray Beach, Florida, and make a life for myself. So everything else was house money from that point. Yeah. So to be in a Super Bowl and, um, you know, I didn't win, but when I go back to my city now, I mean, they, they remember that, you know, and I think we all want to be remembered and we all want to uh, be remembered for a high character and the effort that we put out in life. And that's just how I live every day. I wake up and try to figure out how th- can I just blow it up, man? How can I maximize it? And you feel like you're moving 100 miles an hour and I have five kids and you're trying to parent and you're trying to run a business and you uh want to do so many other things, uh, you know, TV and radio, a lot of media stuff that I'm still involved with. And when I lay down, I feel good about it because I'm going to give you everything I have. That's the only way I know. That's the only way I've survived that situation, the NFL career that wasn't ideal uh, and being able to just have some doors open for me uh, corporately to just be successful and, and make a good uh, be a good model for the kids, for my kids. There's no question that you have gone from that field, from that industry, from football <coughs> with success um, to a professional life of success as well outside of football. You, you've gone to what those of us that are listening can probably more relate to, you know, these regular jobs. See, most of us can't imagine getting paid to throw footballs around and make tackles because we don't understand the thousands of hours that went into that conditioning and the weight room and Truth of the matter is, the athletes I meet maybe work far harder than any of the 
the business folks I ever meet. Um, but but you found a way to translate that into the business world, into corporate America. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing corporately today, as well as what you're doing to help families and, and, and really meaningfully add to people's lives in the Queen City. Yeah, my wife and I, uh, today we run a, a catering and food service business, uh, food co-services, where we um, provide meals for a number of child development centers. Uh, we provide meals for the YMCA. Uh, it's just telling Chris uh, a lot of programs, especially this time of year where kids are uh, out of school and don't have meals during the yeah. summer. We yep. try to close that gap. And uh, that kind of concept and idea started uh, with my father-in-law, Ray Kennedy, who has been in business here in Charlotte for a number of years, started in banking, uh, started a office supply business selling copy paper out of his garage back in the 80s uh, and developed that business into a multi-million dollar office supply business that uh, competes against Staples and Office wow. Depot, uh, largest uh, minority-owned office supply company in the country. Uh, he's wow. a service-disabled veteran uh, and just lay a, a good footprint and, and model for me in business and was able to transition away from football, do a little coaching, do a little radio and TV and those things, and uh, be able to step in behind somebody with that type of business acumen has been uh, meant the world to me. Just very, very fortunate. Um, so there are a lot of different b uh, businesses, uh, check cashing uh, companies that he's owned, uh, daycare centers, uh, technology company that my brother-in-law runs. So it's just been uh, wonderful transitioning, learning from the bottom, touching every department in a business, learning how to run that and getting to a point now where uh, my wife and I can run our own business and be successful and understanding what that means. And that same drive, that same determination, uh, didn't know how I was going to do it, didn't know how I was going to translate, but it feels the same. I'm just as competitive in that field as I was on the football field. I mean, did you guys hear, uh, mm. like those of you that are driving or however you're listening to this show, and if your podcast, like hit rewind and listen to that again. Here's a guy that, that made millions, <coughs> multiple contracts, tens of thousands of people buying jerseys, screaming names, played in Super Bowls, all of this. And then you go into an industry that you never touched before mm -hmm. and, you, and you said, I want to I touch the bottom. I want to do every aspect, every position. I want to do the entry level stuff. I want to do the little stuff. I want to do everything so that I can go to the Super Bowl in this industry as well. Like, I mean, who does that? That is such a wonderful, amazing thing. And I think there's so many people that haven't accomplished half of maybe what you've accomplished and they they walk around with this entitled vibe and they wonder why they're not successful in life and business. And so to every listener, I would say, here's a guy who's accomplished some of the highest things. And then when he goes into that next phase of life, he goes, give me the broomstick. Like, I mean, you basically said, I want to do everything, no matter how entry level that position is. Yeah, well, entitlement is is awful. I think in business and life in general, and uh, you know, if you can humble yourself and you can learn, uh, you know, from the basement and understand what it takes, I think you'll respect the people once you make it to the top that are uh, below you in in the company. You'll treat them with respect because you understand the grind that they have to go through, and the credit that they will be passed on yeah. and given to you once you're at the top. So I think that level of respect is what I was trying. Uh, what 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 they wanted to show me and it's just paid off and uh you know i love what that what i do in corporate america and uh being a part of another team was always something that i wanted to do did internships while i was playing and i think that starts because my career 
wasn't laid out on the silver platter, wasn't highly drafted and, and didn't know how long I was going to play in the NFL. So a plan is something that I live by and I always wanted. And uh, it's worked out well for me. Tell folks about uh, this food business. What's the website? How can people who want to support you and be a part of it? Maybe they know the director of a YMCA. Maybe they know the child development centers. Maybe they've got an in with schools and they love what you're doing and they want to support it. How can they reach out and allow their value add to be a part of your go-to-market plan? Yeah, foodcoservices.com, and you can reach out to us. Uh, we do weddings, parties, events, uh, you name it, and we feed kids uh, every single day throughout the city of Charlotte. Uh, university Child Care Development Centers, we got three locations, Huntersville, Highland Creek, um, and one in the university area. So we can take care of your kids. We do a great job, and those two businesses right now are our main focus and uh, have a big heart. I came in a bad situation, came up in a bad situation, and I want to give back. That drives every single thing I do now because I want to change one person's life the way mine was to give them an opportunity to be sitting here or doing something positive the way uh, hopefully I am in making a difference. So that is my goal. Uh, the money is whatever that is. You know, we're trying to make money. Obviously, it's a for-profit business, but changing lives is is why I wake up every day. Guys, we've got a humble servant leader. On the, on the show today, um, I encourage everyone to get behind, stand next to and be a part of the growth and the direction uh, of, of Al and what his wife and his family is doing in the Queen City. Uh, let's support him one last time with that website. Foodcoservices.com and the same thing for the university, universitychilddevelopmentcenters.com. All right, let's get behind it. Thanks so much, Al, for being on the program. Uh, for the rest of you out there, make sure you tune in every single week. We are going nowhere, but we hope you keep showing up right here. Solutions from the Huddle, ESPN Charlotte. Hey guys, Titus Bartolotta here, your host for Solutions from the Huddle. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in today. And if you want to stay involved and engaged in the show, we ask that you come back every Saturday morning at 1030 a.m. If you want to listen to the show on demand and online, be sure to check out all major podcast channels by searching for Solutions from the Huddle. Thanks again for your support. We hope you come back.